Thunderthumbs on the bass, Lewis Johnson. Oh, who is also no longer with us. But today, as we open another episode of Up in Smoke on um, the 12th anniversary of Michael Jackson's death, the greatest entertainer to grace the face of the earth. Uh, that was his uh, Get on the Floor from uh, Off the Wall album. Another massive Quincy Jones production. Oh, absolutely. I grew up with a thriller, the magazine cover, I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, I was, I remember that's my first taste of music is watching the Beat It video. You know, everyone used to like run home to be there when MTV debuted a Michael Jackson video. Oh, I had it was to, a big I, thing. I had it bootlegged. We lived out in the boonies. So my aunt, who lived in San Diego, would put a Betamax tape in, hit record. MTV, HBO, all that stuff. So I was getting the bootleg tape trading back in the early 80s. So not so much has changed for you. No, not Y'all making me feel young. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, right, let, you, I'll let you guys have this conversation. Welcome to another episode of Up and Smoke from La Cultura. I am Sean Tyler along with my brothers Mike and Ben as we do this again. And uh, we have um, a great day going on here at the uh, Cigar Lounge and Social because we have some vendors that we'll talk to, um, some great vendors that you uh, are absolutely going to want to listen to because they'll talk about craft beers and drop a little more knowledge on cigars and doing what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll, be, we'll hear from the, uh, from the horse's mouth, right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I understand that we'll learn a little bit more about me in today's episode. Well, <laughs> Can't wait. Why not? <laughs> why not? Which, which I'm absolutely game for. Um, and not to toot my own horn, but there's actually an exhibit at the Natural History Museum right now that features local members of media. Oh, really? Uh, June is Black Music Month, and they gathered, I don't know how many, uh, minority members of media, and I was selected as one of them. Wow, really? So I can honestly say now yeah. I am part of a Smithsonian exhibit. Wow. All right. so, That's <laughs> right amazing. Smithsonian. All right. I, I am. Um, I love it. I love it, dude. I thought you needed to be a little bit older than that, but yeah, you hide well, your age well, maybe. And it's weird because I, I'm just 50. Right, but right. I have been in radio for 33 years. Well, and that's, that's amazing. That's one of the things I've talked to you a little bit about. A lot of people, they know Ben, they know I. Obviously, you're bringing an audience with you, but we're also bringing an audience as Absolutely. well. So, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you mean in the Kansas City community that some of the other people listening may not know. Uh, this is hometown, born and raised in Kansas City. Um, I was um, born and raised Catholic, went to a private Catholic school from K through ninth grade, but I begged my parents to send me to public school in ninth grade so I can go to school with my friends from the neighborhood. Uh, and ironically, today is the day after the private Catholic school that I attended burned down yesterday. Yeah, it had been vacant for a few years, and uh, it, it caught fire and, and damaged, and it's, it's, it's done. So, uh, And that school brought some of the greatest friends of my life into my world. And we've been knowing each other since we were five, six years old, and we still get together quarterly. Uh, and, and, and get together. And I mean, like a large group of us, 12, 13 of us, always. That's amazing when you can keep those friendships alive that long. Because that doesn't happen that much anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, I went to high school here locally, and um, I used to work at a clothing store on 35th and Prospect called Wild West Fashions. 
and another radio icon from the Kansas City community named Freddie Bell would come and broadcast live from the clothing store. And me and another one of my partners that worked in the clothing store with me by the name of Suleiman Salam, we did a lot of character voices and playing around while we're in the store. And he said, hey, why don't you guys put some bits together and do them for my morning radio show? Why not? <laughs> okay, sure. So I would actually go to the radio station before class and do these bits for the morning show and then go to school. So did they end up using those sounds for commercials too, or was it? Um, I don't know. Because I really didn't get a chance to listen to a lot of radio. Because right, yeah. like you, all my little CDs and my cassettes. I was, right. I was all in that world. Oh, absolutely. And um, one thing turned into another, and I ended up getting an internship. The internship turned into a radio broadcast because one of the DJs was supposed to do a live broadcast from a car dealership. He didn't show up. I ended up having to do the broadcast. Oh, guest, guest. Uh, the car dealership sold more cars during that broadcast than they ever had before. So they called the radio station and said, hey, we want this guy to do our broadcast from here on out. He's like, well, he's not a DJ. I'm like, well, if you, you want this quarter of a million we spend every year. Right, I was going to say dirty little secret, you'll make car dealers make radio. So knowing nothing about the world of radio, I'm doing an on overnight shift from 12 to 5 a.m. That's brutal. From midnight but. to 5 a.m. and <laughs> Live recorded during those times? No, I was or live on the air. Right, you're live 12 a.m. Yeah, well, I mean, with all yeah, due respect to Sean, this is before. Oh, yeah. This right, is, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yep, take no that for granted. No Dose and Joe Cola were my friends. There you, oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, my ratings for the 5 o'clock hour were greater than the morning show's first two hours at the time. That'll make a PD notice real fast. So the owner was told the program, like, hey, put this guy on mornings. Next thing you know, I'm doing morning radio, and here I am 33 some many, years later. How many years was that in developing from doing the sound bit to getting a morning show? Not even a year. No way. Well, I'll take that back. Two years. So I went from interning in the music department, doing an overnight broadcast, Right to mornings. And what? How old were you then? You were what? 19, 17, 18, 18, 19. 18, 19? Yeah. Man, that's it's crazy. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I did mornings, and then I did afternoons, and then I went back to mornings, and then uh, I did afternoon for a few years, and then went back to mornings, and then I left that station. Right. And went to uh, the station where I am now, and did afternoons and weekends there, and then I left radio for two years. And I came back this April to an all-new morning show. So now I am the host of my own morning show that I created myself. I um, selected my co-host on my own and so all the got, elements. You, what you're saying is you've got creative direction with this endeavor. Well, they, they, they found out fast uh, that where I go, people follow. Right. And I'm, knock on wood, I, I, I'm, I don't take that for granted. I understand that I have a voice that uh, needed to be heard, and I have a following that they respect me, and I respect them, and I don't do anything to tarnish that relationship. So I'm glad to be back on morning radio, but I also, in that time... I was going to say, there might be something else you use to uh, <laughs> occupy your free time in between all of that. So when I was 21, I guess... A friend of mine that I went to high school with, they were older than me, he started a management company and asked me if I wanted to come on as part of his A&R and road management 
for the company, and we did. And Tech Nine was our biggest client at the time, and we got him his first major record deal with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. There we go. So I was Tech Nine's original road manager. And uh, now, uh, six years later, I am part of Tech Nine's management team at Strange Music, and so I do that and radio at the same time. So, and he's got the same 24 hours we all do in a day, too. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm, you know, lucky enough to connect with you guys, and I'm doing a podcast for uh, Up in Smoke here from La Cultura. So um, and I'm we're, steadily we're, evolving. We're extremely blessed to have you, Sean, bringing your talents to the podcast, making time in your schedule, and uh, letting everybody know about yourself as well, because, I mean, it's you're a blessed individual, and we're lucky to have you. Yeah, we've got mad, mad respect for you for what you've done, and not only Kansas City, but the music world as a whole. I, I appreciate that. I, I, and I'm glad to be here. This is... Uh, new for me because they've been trying to get me to host a podcast for a few years. I'm like, I, no one wants to hear me talk for like a whole hour. Yeah, you're no I music do. involved. I do. I do, Sean. Nonstop <laughs> conversation. So um, this is new to me, and, and I'm absolutely enjoying this. And it, it's fun because you guys get to watch me do what I do. And I know the first podcast, you were like, so what are we going to talk about? What's the format? Or you have any? It's like, no, we just we just do. <laughs> and it's just easier to flow through a conversation if you don't feel pressured to have something to talk about. If it's scripted, it sounds that way to well, me. Yeah. So when you're talking and just having a conversation like friends would about whatever we're talking about, it feels more natural to you, but to the people listening as well, because now they feel a part of a conversation and not like they're watching a news broadcast, per se. Right, or something scripted or reality Absolutely. TV, whatever. Yeah, so... A little uh, more inclusive. Yeah. Socratic discussion, if you will. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's the way I like to, to even my morning radio broadcast, which is why I selected someone who's not from radio, because I wanted that connection with the people who are listening where she doesn't sound like when the mic comes on, she's talking like this and she's doing radio. <laughs> and no one wants to hear that. That's because a you good radio voice, man. <laughs> you can get that anywhere. And I've, I've met radio guys over the year and years, and they, they come across like this when they're talking. I'm like... Dude, that's you don't talk to your wife at home like that. What? Who are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I had Could that be her thing. You don't know. I had that realization <laughs> very early on in my radio career when the same guy that I listened to on a rock format very early on, all of a sudden, I'm outside, I'm having a cigar, he's smoking a cigarette, and he's just, hey, so, uh, and he's usually, and we we're back, and third caller, and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you're not at home, like, hey, how does that vein keep from popping in your forehead? Do you know what they call that? What? There's a term for that form of talking. It's called puking. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> when you're gagging, your your air, your you know, I call it the poop format. Because when you're trying to clench it, you you go right here yeah, with it. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> there. No. Yeah. No one. You did not hold that, honey. What are we having for dinner? Is that peach gobbler for dessert? Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Who does that? 1950s sitcoms. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a New Atlantic uh, accent. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I, my Roll whole career, my whole career has basically been, you know, be natural about it and and be a common guy because a lot of these DJs think they're more important or more famous than the records that they play and the artists that they play. And I'm like, right. you realize I can drive 45 minutes and not hear you anymore. Right, exactly. You know, I I heard a on another podcast yesterday. They were talking about signals and everything else, and once the brain dies and blah blah blah. But the point they made was. It's a lot like a radio playing a Beatles song, and all of a sudden the radio thinks it's amazing. You know, it's 
the pieces that are bringing it to it. So if that DJ all of a sudden, it's, you're there to just introduce the next song to have the community touch. And honestly, when you get your FCC license, you are supposed to be a news person at all times. You're a news person first. In case of emergency. All the record stuff is secondary, but because there aren't emergencies 24 hours a day, even right. though now that we're connected around the world, it seems like there's like constant news. Right. Your job is to play records, but in case there is an emergency, you should be able to articulate what you need to say to your audience if they need to go someplace or be somewhere or give them the news and make them aware of the situation on the drop of a dime. So that's what all broadcasters' main purpose is, is to be a news person. And that's the reason there was always somebody at the radio station before Absolutely. the automation came yes. into play. Yes. So that's your job first and foremost is to be that person. So it's, it's, it's a really weird world. Right. And when I was a kid, I never thought radio was a job. It's like nothing I aspired to be. But all the people I've worked with have gone to the Columbia School of Broadcasting or gone to some broadcasting school. And this is what they do for a living. You but just I, had raw talent, and we're discovered at the right place, right time. Huh? And I, I watch these guys write down everything they're going to say, and then they'll say it. I don't do that. I'll, I'll get copy points, and I'll take yeah, just a fishbone three or four thing. lines of a copy point and give you 60 straight dead seconds of what you need and sell the car because I'm not there to invite you to come see me. I'm trying to sell cars or cigars or whatever right. I'm on location to do. So I'm it's just a more natural form. When you're talking to somebody, you don't want to feel like you're selling something to somebody. And that's how I built my, my career, just trying to make sure I maintain that commonality as just a regular human individual to make that connection. So th being a, a, on a live broadcast, you don't have editing, this or that. So take me behind the scenes. Like, Do you have any memorable moments of like when you just stuck your foot in your mouth or you were just tongue-tied or... Say you were late to the studio. Were you ever late for a, a live recording broadcast? No. No? No. And that's why you're a professional. And I've never been tongue-tied. I was <laughs> like, okay, today is the 12th anniversary of the death of Michael Jackson. I was on air when that happened. I was getting ready to go into a hot dog eating contest, but that's a story for another oh, time. Oh, wow. So, so tell me about that. I mean, so there were rumors that something had happened because, of course, they knew Michael Jackson rented that house. Right. So when the emergency equipment went there... Everyone was assuming something had happened to Michael. TMZ reported two hours before any legitimate news source reported Michael Jackson was dead, that Michael Jackson was dead from a heart attack. I refused to say Michael Jackson was gone until I heard it from a reputable news source. Out of respect for truth, yeah. So I waited till CNN said Michael Jackson was dead before I said anything. You know, because there was like TMZ reports, okay, it's TMZ. These people stand outside the airport and attack people and jump out of bushes. And I'm not, I don't, I don't. Well, and we got to keep in mind, this was 12 years ago, too. Absolutely. They have broken and a lot TMZ of news. And TMZ now has then. broken yes. a lot of news. And Back then, it was. Eh, yeah, they were always to, pretty questionable. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was also on air the day Prince died. I wasn't on air. I just happened to be walking through the radio station. But I have connections to oh, sure. Prince. Right. I have uh, friends who have recorded, and I've been to Paisley Park. I've been invited there. I've seen Prince perform on stage at Paisley Park. Uh, and I know some of the people in his camp. So when the rumors are floating around that something happened at Paisley Park and that it was Prince, 
I made a phone call. Yeah, at that like, point, you can confirm it. It's like, hey, um, is what we're hearing true? He goes, yeah, bro, it's him. I, I got to call you back. I was like, okay. That's so, all I needed. So then I went right on the air, and I was like, yeah, I just got it firsthand from someone that works in Paisley Park that that was Prince found in that elevator wow. at Paisley Park. I was on air uh, during the morning show live during 9-11. I was broadcasting live from the Community Blood Center, ironically, during our annual blood drive. Oh, wow. So the line went from 15 people to wrapped around to the block. 500 people lined up down the block trying to give blood. And they were trying to be like, well, we don't know the severity or the cap. We don't know. So, you know. We're doing what we can. And we don't want to waste the blood. So please just come back tomorrow or just right. kind of keep up with the news over the next couple of days and we'll figure out what we need. So how do you process that while you're broadcasting it? You're, you're learning the news just like everyone else. you got to hold your composure. You have to check you your gotta, emotion. You try to process that in the back of your mind. I mean, that's got to be it's, 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 it's heavy, and I've actually had to have therapy because you have to push a lot of things to the back. Like just to push through. I was, I've gone through a divorce, and my daughter was born three and a half months early, and so many things affecting me on a human level. But when that red light comes on, I have to be Sean Tyler. Right. So you suppress all of that stuff. So I never paid attention to me holding in those feelings. I never acted out on them. I never picked up a bad heroin habit or not that there's a good heroin <laughs> habit. But right. <laughs> but sooner or later, that bucket does get full and you need Absolutely. to address it. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you end up having to suppress those feelings when that red light comes on and doing what you need to do as a broadcaster, as a journalist, to make sure that your audience understands what's happening so you have to articulate on a level that they can understand and not be over the top you don't have to be a harvard professor you know and you don't have to be you know uh, a meth head but somewhere there's a middle ground where you can talk to everyone and, and they just, can understand and just deliver the facts absolutely so make that connection with them so I've, I've i've been on the air doing some some very trying moments i'm sure uh, uh, Derek Thomas, when he had that accident on his way to the airport that right, day. Right, right. Everyone in that car were friends of mine, including Derek. Sure. So, you know, we're having to report that news, and then, you know, Derek's doing fine. Oh, and that, yeah. racing people up and down the hallways at the hospital in Miami in a wheelchair playing games. And then all games, of a sudden a blood clot. And he goes back to his room and dies from a blood clot. Yeah. And, you know, you have to report that. And still maintain, you know, composure. And you're like, oh, my God. And you're like, that was my friend. Can you believe it's been 21 years ago? 21 years 21 ago. 21 years ago. Yeah. Insane. It, does, it blows my mind when I think about so, that. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a tough job. And I know a, a, a lot of radio guys who have had to go through AA programs and, and that kind of thing because – you're constantly broadcasting from bars and, and restaurants and clubs. And well, and especially if you develop a character. Yeah, and then you're and dealing with that kind of stuff and life, and it's, it, it's a lot. So it's, it's, it's a job that I it's, – it's not for the weak. I'll bet not. And, and talent is, is definitely important. Absolutely. So, so let's uh, lighten it up a little All bit. Right, what are your – on the opposite side of the spectrum, what are your – more uh, celebratory moments, your memories that were, uh, wow, is this really happening? I have been able to broadcast all over the world. I broadcast live on a beach in Jamaica as the sun was coming up. 
Is there anything more beautiful? No, yes, there is. Please tell me. <laughs> During that Please. same week, I'm broadcasting live for the Jamaican Tourism Board, who flew us to Jamaica, stayed in a five-star Jamaican resort, and got to tour the prime minister's home and have dinner with them and do oh, that wow. kind of stuff. They surprised us one night, and there was a Bob Marley festival going on on his birthday. Oh, baby. So I got to see all of Bob Marley's children perform on his birthday on a beach in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah you're right. that's that's pretty beautiful. That, be, <laughs> that will be the Jamaican sunset any day. Um, I broadcast live from Disney World to convince people, you know, it's the happiest place on earth. Come to Disney World. So we had a liaison. We never had to wait in line for anything. Oh, that's nice. Disney rolled out the red carpet, so we're riding on a golf cart through the park right up to the attractions because they don't call them rides. <laughs> of I course not. That. And the week I was there, they opened the Aerosmith attraction. Very nice. So I love Aerosmith, and we're sitting in this ride, and you've got speakers in the back of your head, and they're blaring Aerosmith music as you go through this thing, and Love in the Elevator comes on, and I'm just sitting back there lost in the music. I'm like, this is the craziest job ever! <laughs> so it has I, its perks. It has its perks. Absolutely. I've, uh, I interviewed Tupac twice. Oh, wow. I um, sat down and had lunch with Janet Jackson while she was recording one of her multi-platinum albums at uh, Flight Time Studios, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's studio in Indina, Minnesota. Not I keep far hearing, from yeah, I keep Prince's hearing the name Jimmy Jam come up. <laughs> That's we can we can get into that story later right. too. Right, uh, man, I've, I've I've done some amazing things. So where along this path did cigars come into play? So cigars came into play by befriending Chiefs players. I was really close to Derek Thomas and still close to Neil Smith to this very day. Like, his kids call me Uncle Sean. Playing golf with those guys in celebrity tournaments and whatnot, I was playing in a foursome with me, D.L. Hughley, Joe Torrey, and myself. Joe Torrey is an avid cigar smoker, and I don't even think D.L. was smoking cigars at this time, but he's an avid cigar smoker now. You know, you just hurt my foot with all those name drops. (laughs) (laughs) So Joe goes, bro, you want a stick? I'm like, I don't smoke. He goes, really? It's like, yeah, I've never had one. He goes, oh, well, try one of these. So, you know, I had one, and he's telling me, you know, don't inhale, and he's walking me through the 101 of smoking a cigar, Mm -hmm. and it became a thing. When we played golf, good cigars, good round of golf. Camaraderie. And, and, a, and a beverage or two. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is where my love for cigars started. And then I was on vacation in Mexico, and we were looking at some cigars, and I was going, to, oh, let me buy some Cuban cigars. And then I saw this box with these beautiful gold bands on them. I was like, oh, what are those? Are these mild? And the guy's telling me, he's like, that's a pretty mild cigar. It's, um, it's a Dominican smoke. You might like it. So I bought a box. They were called Galliano Corona. And this house doesn't exist anymore. Someone bought them out and, you know, a bigger family and right, right. like they always do. And it was the mildest, butteriest. It was, it was a great smoke. It was what you needed at that moment. And that's when I knew I was in. That's the, at that moment, when I had that cigar, I was like, it was relaxing, it was mellow, it fit the vibe of the, the resort and just sitting on the beach and watching the ships 
under the moonlight, smoking this Galliano Corona. I was like, it doesn't get any better than yeah, this. Yeah, it's that piece of the puzzle you didn't know you were missing. Absolutely not. And yeah, I would have never thought to pick up a cigar and, on my own. And it's crazy, though. And I was going to almost ask you a follow-up question, but you kind of just answered it before I could ask it. Was <clears throat> it's a, There's a crazy connection between the, the smell and taste, the aroma of that smoke connected to a good memory, whether that's a past memory of a grandfather or yeah. a grandmother or something like that in their house, or if you're on vacation and that perfect time, you get that taste. A cigar will take you right back to right that back. moment. Right yeah. back. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm, I'm right now in that Adirondack chair on this resort watching the sun go down in Cancun, smoking this cigar, and, and I think I was drinking Grand Marnier and orange juice at the time. Okay. So it was, yeah. it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful no, yeah, week. Absolutely. I can't shame any grandma. I love, <laughs> I love that stuff. It was a beautiful week. So that, that was my introduction to cigars, and... I just started, like anything that you want to get into, you want to learn more about it. Sure. You sure. want to know that you're doing it the right way. You want to understand why and the differences of, and, and then I started to learn. But I thought I knew something until we started this podcast, and I learned so much more. Well, I was going to comment on that because you had saying that, you know, you enjoyed a little bit more flavor to you, Cigar, and then you had mentioned Dominican, which Nicaraguan is more known for the spicier cigars. So all of a sudden I put a Nicaraguan cigar in your hand and... Changed changed your, my life. That, yeah, the the I game mean, has I changed. I was just now. looking to change your life, but at the same time, there's just so much more out there. Even when you think you know everything there is to know about a cigar, and I mean, I trained Ben five years ago, but what his knowledge he's gained in those five years surpasses everything I had before him. But even then, he's still learning everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but even with, yeah, so even just it was yesterday actually, a customer came in and said, you know, I've just been getting into it. I'm still learning a lot. And I said, bro, I own the shop, and I'm learning more every day still. It's the moment you think you're done learning, you've wasted your time. The moment, and there is a saying, the moment you're done learning is the moment you're dead. You well, go. and I think it's the moment you choose to learn, or it's the moment yeah. you lose your passion. I mean, there's a million different conclusions you can draw from that. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be something you can learn from it. I think this is a perfect time to bring up our first guest while we're talking about yeah, cigars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... Tonight's uh, featured product, hey, where's Dave Payne? So tonight's featured product is uh, Crowned Heads. And Crowned Heads, as uh, I don't want to tell too much because I'm going to let Dave uh, more accurately describe their company, but they have been number one boutique brand of the year. They've been rated, uh, some of their cigars have been number one boutique cigar of the year. Uh, they're just a great small batch company that deals with fantastic manufacturers and uh, I am just so honored to have Dave at our shop tonight as his first uh, you might need to hit the unmute or did he set it up but uh you can take that out if you want to Dave and lean back in the chair and hold but, it but I'm just so pumped to have Dave here representing crowned heads and uh, Dave tell us a little bit about yourself and the company so my name is Dave Payne I've been uh, sales rep for crown heads for three years based out of Lafayette, Indiana, if you guys know Purdue University, boiler up. Uh, Crown Heads has been around, this is actually our 10th year in business. So November 8th, 2011 is when we started with four kicks. Uh, uh, Turn it up, just, there you go. Sorry about that. There you there go. go, there we go, there we now go. You can hear me. 
So we started in 2011 with four kicks, and just this year we decided to bring out the Capa Especial 10 years down the line. Yeah, it's delicious. Kinda something special for everybody to see sort of the progression of the brand over the last 10 years and how far we've come. And there's a little bit of a folklore about that blend particular that, is there a story behind that one that it might have been one of the original contenders for four kicks? Oh, the Capa Especial. There's a story behind four kicks as well, but it's not meant for the air. So okay. the Capa Especial, yes. It is, um, when we first started blending with Ernesto Perez Carrillo in 2011, he was adamant that this needed to be our baby, right? We're the ones selling it. We have to believe in the product. That doesn't mean that he didn't have a vote. And so we brought three blends to the final table. Ultimately, we went with the Habano that you know and love is four kicks, but the Sumatran rap version, which Ernesto, known as the Sultan of Sumatra in the cigar industry, this is, this is his version. So we snuck a little leaf of Dominican in the uh, filler, but the big standout is that wonderful Sumatra wrapper. Very cool. Um, you guys have recently, so Crowned Heads has... Uh, I don't want to use revived in the wrong way, but my... Some of the new cigars you have brought to the table, partnering with Ace Prime, has revived my love, personal love, for crowned heads. Can you tell me uh, more about the Bacardo family and uh, some of the things that they bring to the table for crowned heads? Absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, you touched on one of the most important facets of our company, and that's we have four factories that we love working with. So Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the My Father Factory, Drew Estate, and then our most recent addition is Tabacalera Pichardo, which is home of Ace Prime Cigars. That Pichardo name is something special. Uh, Aradio Pichardo is the master blender. He was actually, he's a Cuban national, and uh, he's responsible for creating the Partagas Serie D4 and E2, some of the most famous cigars in the world. So we're extremely happy to have him on the team with us, blending for us now. Um, it's, it really feels like everything he touches turns to gold. You know, Mil Diaz and Juarez have have catapulted us into the next tier. Um, we've got, uh, I've got more fans than ever now, and, and I'm really excited to share the brand with them. All right, so you actually kind of get to play matchmaker with the cigars, because when I walked over to you, I was looking to put something into my locker, and I wasn't familiar with the brand. So how do you connect a cigar smoker with the perfect product from your line? So I'm very blessed to have uh, a full array of profiles to choose from. We do have a focus on very medium, approachable cigars that most anyone can come up and, and pick off the table to enjoy. But the way I do it is, is just like anything else, right? This is what I love about cigars, and that's communication, the community. I start by asking questions. I, I want to put our best foot forward every single chance we get. And if I'm not getting you a cigar that's going to be in your wheelhouse or something you're looking for, then I'm not doing uh, you justice. So... I try to put all of myself in every recommendation, whether that be for a pairing, a drink, a movie, but especially when it comes to cigars. So how did you become a cigar smoker? What was your first cigar? My first premium, I mean, if we're talking not gas station, right? Because <laughs> we all went through that phase. Right, right, right. right. We all had to do it. <laughs> We've yeah. all been there. So the Perdomo Champagne is still one of my all-time favorites. It stands up. Um, it is mild enough to be someone's first cigar, and I, I've sold it that way when I worked retail. But even revisiting it, you know, some of those early blends that I had, um, some things I purchased online maybe, 
they don't stand up. But the, the Perdomo Champagne will always have a spot in my humidor. The sweetness, the, the mild profile, I mean, something like that with coffee in the morning. You can't go wrong. Um, so, also, you guys have uh, an annual release that's very highly anticipated. And that is coming out very soon. Um, and actually, you know, so I'm always down to talk about some Las Calaveras. Yes, Las Calaveras. What can Calaveras. you tell us about this year's Las Calaveras, soon to debut? So this year, we've got, uh, everybody wants to know about the color, right? That's the first question I always get. Uh, this year, we've got an awesome yellow, kind of vibrant, old school neon deal. Uh, that's really nice. We did an Ecuador Habano Oscuro wrapper right, on it this right. time. All right, all right, yeah. Uh, we, one of the more exciting things about this year that we haven't done, uh, we, everybody knows we do the sampler, right? So that sampler is a four-cigar sampler. It's going to give you one of each of the regular production sizes of Las Calaveras and then an exclusive sampler-only size. Typically, that's been a figurato of some sort. But this year, we did something special, and we've got a Lonsdale for you. So I think it's a 40-ring gauge. I'm so excited about it. That's, I mean, for me, I'm a, a small ring gauge smoker. I like to get the full flavor of the wrapper. And uh, that, that has got some more excitement on the samplers this year. All right, now, before we let you get out of here, you're explaining to me about this beauty here. I've never seen a cigar this small and this long. What, what, is, what is the beauty behind, and the story behind this classic cigar right here? So what you're holding is a Lancero, right? Lanceros, for anybody who doesn't know, think a fat pencil, right? It's, it's long and it's skinny. The reason to smoke a Lancero is because the, the most expensive and the hardest to get tobacco in any cigar is going to be the wrapper. Well, if you think the proportions of wrapper to filler on that one is going to really, really show off the wrapper tobacco. Now, specifically for the Luciano, the Dreamer Lancero you were referencing there, um, it is, Lanceros are the hardest size to roll. In Cuba, there's nine levels of what are called torcedores, and only level nine are certified to roll the Lancero because it's so thin. If you have one mistake, it's going to get twisted and plugged, and it's just going to be a terrible experience for the smoker. We've done a couple things to alleviate that, um, specifically by using two what are known as Chico leaves in the fillers to eliminate some of the weight there in the middle. But Luciano, I, I refer to him as a mad scientist. We are talking about the Luciano Dreamer, or Luciano the Dreamer, from the uh, uh, Ace Prime. Ace Prime Cigars, yes. He's one of the principals. Uh, this is the second in that series. We had the Traveler and now the Dreamer. The Dreamer, is, like I said, is really special. We're using those smaller leaves, but Luciano is a mad scientist to me. Um, he's in there tinkering any chance he can get. So as another layer of protection that this is going to be a great smoking experience for all of our fans, he actually improvised and created an adapter for what's known as the Drawmaster. So these are the only Lanceros on the market that have been draw tested and are guaranteed to smoke well. So if anyone wants more information on your brand and the, the family cigars here, how can they reach you guys? So you can reach us at crownheads.com, Instagram at the crownheads. We are on all the socials. Or for, feel free to reach out to me, Staus, or anyone here at La Cultura. We'll be happy to help you. Absolutely. We'll, yeah, there's always that. 
We'll play the mediator so Dave doesn't have to. Right. <laughs> All right, Dave, we'll let you get back Thank to business. You, Dave. Thank Appreciate you, Dave. Appreciate you being here. Go sell it. some more cigars, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. So we usually talk about pairings, and we've done whiskey, and we're going to do wine eventually, but we have a brewer in the house today. We do actually have a brewer in the house today. So this is uh, Travis from Torn Label, who's a local Kansas City beer brewing company. Travis, welcome to the Up and Smoke podcast. Hello. Thank you. All right, uh, so tell me a little bit about Torn Label. So, um, craft brewery here in Kansas City. Uh, we're just on the other side of this neighborhood, actually. Been here for about six and a half years and um, got a little tap room. We just actually built a new, bigger tap room. We've and got food. I, I have to step in here because I just saw it for the first time today. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely what you guys have done from the back of that. I've always loved Torn Label, and I love the old patio. I love that you're keeping the backside. But this new tap room, it's cool. And I was even commenting on their design, and it's just very, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, so, so the building we're in, actually, it's uh, uh, the other half of it is all artist studios, and it's a nonprofit that donates uh, studio space to uh, mid-career artists. And so very early on, we met one of the artists who uh, was a resident there, and he, he really worked with wood, sculpture, whatever, uh, and he loves beer. So we got along great and uh, became a good friend of ours. And so he and I really worked together, and anything visual that you see, Torn Label, especially with a space like the, the new tap room, and the old one is beautiful too, but uh, that's a lot of his genius, and that's Peter Warren, and he is a local artistic legend. Where did, uh, so what about your journey? What, 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 where did this come from, Torn Label? How did you want to brew beer? Like, what, where's it, what's your story start? You got tired of paying for 12 packs. <laughs> you know, I, 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 actually, kind of, um, not even. I, I wasn't even 21 when I started brewing beer. Uh, so, you know, if you couldn't buy it, I could make it. Might as well make it. <laughs> so, so it started there. I, I like drinking beer. I wanted to experiment with making it and... Uh, you know, the hobby that took off, right? So are you chasing that perfect recipe that you feel like no. you're shaking your head no? No, I, one thing I love about beer is that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a volume business. We all just want that beer to sit down and relax with. And each moment there's a different beer that's perfect for that moment. And I love the, the variety and the crushability of beer. So for us, it's like... I want to keep making new and different things and have a few staples and uh, something to enjoy. But really, it's always just about what's next, having fun, being creative. And, and worst case, you got a little alpha pale ale here that you can go I back I was going to say, tell us, <laughs> tell us about what we're uh, drinking tonight from Torn Lake. Yeah, this is the bread and butter for the, for the business. Um, and this was very much going into the business what I wanted to do. It's... Uh, Everybody likes IPA, of course. I love IPAs. I love hops. Uh, but when you work all day, and especially when you're in this industry, if it's too much alcohol, you're, you're not going to be standing at the end of the night. So we wanted right, to take right. the flavor of everybody's favorite IPA, put it in a 5.5% alcohol package. You know, it's like drinking a Bud. Uh, it won't get you too drunk, but it, it tastes great. It tastes like the, the beers you want. So, so what's, what's your go-to? This, this is it. This is the Alpha Pale Ale is generally my go-to. And then seasonally, you know, different stuff comes along. So, you know, lately it's been lagers. We've got a check pills on tap right now that's really good. I've been drinking the shit up. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of that. I, I can personally say I haven't had one bad, uh, one bad turn, 
torn label, ever. No, never. Absolutely not. All right, so how can they find you guys? Uh, so we're uh, 1708 Campbell Street in the crossroads in Kansas City. Our beer is uh, in liquor stores um, in the Kansas and uh, Missouri, Kansas City metro area. What, what about, about on your socials or website? Torn Label KC, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever. You know how to do and, it. And uh, uh, Travis, also, what, uh, where did the cigar smoking come in? Because you're a regular customer here. You're a good, good cigar customer here. Uh, regular smoker, and you are very diverse in your portfolio what you smoke. So what what was? Well, not even that. This is he has the distinction. I sold him a box of cigars for his wife for Mother's Day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, she's here right now smoking a cigar just over there. I uh, know we and, and she likes to joke. She smoked cigars uh, since longer than I have. You know, I started smoking cigars when I was seventeen. Uh, she used to smoke the butts of her dad's cigars when she was like six years old. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, might have us all beat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, cigars are so much like craft beer. Uh, I talked about it before, but variety, doing different stuff, enjoying different things. It's all about that flavor experience and sitting down and appreciating something that someone has worked hard to craft. Uh, beer and cigars are that same way. And I've Very loved well both played. of them from the, from well the beginning. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Travis, thank you, Travis. I'm Travis, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you, Travis. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Travis from no Torn Ladle, Label Brewing, guys. Th thank yes. you, guys. Cheers. Yeah, thank you, thank it's you. It's like, Travis, I just started sipping it, and I'm calling you the wrong name. So. <laughs> it's like good stuff. Um, we actually have a raffle going on today and a lot of other stuff, and there's a beautiful suit that's going to be given away. So. Yes. Well, actually, so we're not giving away the suit. We're giving away a $295 voucher to a personal styling session with uh, a good friend and member David Garcia. Yes, yes. Who's yes, actually yes. joining us now from yes. Selection Garment right, Company. So, David, <laughs> I bought my first couture suit out of a Hugo Boss store in Beverly Hills when I was 22. Wow. Suit cost me $850, and I had never purchased anything couture before in my life. Yeah. So, I see the suit, and I think I'm just going to buy it off the rack. And I was like, okay, I like this one. So, it goes, oh, great. So, Come over here. I'm thinking, all right, I'll stand at the register. And he's like, no, no, no. Stand on this box in front of the mirror. Yeah. You got to get they, fitted up. Yeah. They, they measure me up and, and cut it to my specifications. Yep. And That's exactly what we do. Ever since then, there's I, my son, who is 28 now, he, I got him his first suit his sophomore year of high school because he was going to a spring dance. Yep. So we went out. We were looking at suits. He picked out the one he wanted. So I'm like, all right, so this is the important part of buying a suit. The experience. Never wear a suit off the rack. Never. Because at that point, the suit is wearing you. Yeah, yeah. You want to wear you're the suit. You're trying too hard. Something's so this is what we do. We get tailored. So we got him cut. The suit was beautiful. He didn't like the way that I had the cuff because it hit just the top of his shoes. I'm like, this is how you wear a suit because you don't want to drag the pants legs. Yes. You don't want to get it ruined, so you let it hit the top of your yeah. shoe. Top of the hill. So and then I told him your sock game is important because your sock game expresses your individuality. So whatever fucking socks you want to wear, that's what you're wearing with the suit. And my mom taught me to wear clean underwear, too. So he went to the dance and came home, and he's like, he had a great time. And I was like, well, how did you do with the girls? He goes, it was okay. He said, but all the teachers were like, oh, my God, you look incredible. So I was like. They recognized the suit game. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> game he walked in and like he owned the room. So. I tell people all the time, the importance of owning a suit is to find a suit, one, that feels good to you, but two, 
always get it tailored. Yep. Wear the suit. Never will let the suit wear you. And when I saw that suit back there and they said we were giving away, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to get in on this there, raffle. So There you go. Tell me a little bit about your brand. Uh, my name is David, and I started Selection Garment Company. I've been in the business for 13 years, and three of those years now I have been on my own. So um, I, I, I work out of a uh, boutique suite. You don't see a sign outside. You don't Just a see... couple blocks from here, actually. Yes, wow. yes. Like three blocks from here, yes. Yeah. This area so is famous. I, so yeah, I do it's, a, got a, it's got a lot going on. It, yeah, you come in. I got good liquor cabinet. I got some, you know, cigars that I offer. So was this a family thing? How did you get involved in this? Because this is not something you just wake up and go, no, hey, I'm making no. suits. I mean, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to wear a suit to work every day. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. So that just, and I'm, I was always keen on fashion. Then piece together wardrobe that people would be like, oh, where'd you get that? I'd be like, well, this is my brother's and this is my cousin's, you know. Like, <laughs> everything's hand-me-down, so, you know. Eclectic, like, hand yeah, hand-me-down selection. Absolutely. I was, the, I was the walking billboard for, 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 for um, uh, thrift So you're shops. saying your taste comes from your family genes, right? There you go. There you go. I and mean, that you were the youngest, obviously. So with that being said, yeah, I, I've been in the business, and, I mean, I love what I do. I get to, to meet gentlemen that, are, that I need in my life. Um, I've met my, my lawyer this way. I've met my dentist this way. I've met my insurance this way. Like all of these guys that I've met and or women, I met them through my business. And that's just shaking hands and saying hello. So. And, you know, I can, you know, I've, I've, I've gone over to uh, Garcia's office, right? And it's, it's quite an experience. And from firsthand testimony, it's cool. You walk into this really open lobby and they'll pour you a glass of whatever you want. You can light up a cigar if the garage door is open. He takes you back in these office spaces and you walk into this just huge, I don't know how tall are your ceilings, 20 yeah, feet? They're 12 foot. Well, no, 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 they're probably about 19, Oh, they ain't 12 feet. foot. Yeah, you, got, you, got, you got suit jackets from the floor feet. to the ceiling. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's just a really cool experience. You go in there, you get a personal fitting, mm -hmm. uh, just a real warm welcome. Uh, like he said, he's got a cigar in there from uh, yours truly. Um, but tell us about the experience of what a customer can expect to, when they come in and meet well, you. The way I look at it is gentlemen like to be pampered as well. You know, gentlemen like that one-on-one -on -one experience. That's what I provide. Uh, appointment only, so you're not in there with any else racket noise going on. It's just me and you consulting about what you need with your wardrobe. I piece it together, boom, boom. Do, do we start with the swatch? Do we select the pattern? and Swatches, you could do, I, I have everything from the neck down. You could get kicked out of your house, come to me and I'll get you, I, I'll get you, <laughs> you I, I'll get you a suitcase to go. And, and you know, and, and, and David, he specializes in everything from head to toe, not only suits and ties and, and overcoats, but he's got shoes and, and the socks. I just bought a I just bought a little Pac-Man edition gold Timex I'm wearing right now nice. last week from him. He posted online. I said, that's mine. Don't sell it to anyone else. Bring it down to me. And he brought it down to the cigar shop. So yeah. it's so, not just a, a custom suit. He's your personal stylist mm -hmm. from head to toe. Yeah. So what is the winner? What can the winner expect from this raffle? A great experience and... Uh, hopefully the experience that will channel down to other in the network. So yeah, I don't do any hard advertising. You don't see me on billboards. You don't see me on the radio. You don't see me on leaflets. You're my advertisement. So you as a client, I, I invest my time into you and I'm whatever you're investing in me, I double that in my time. So I don't want you to walk around looking something that you're not supposed to look like because that's a reflection on me. So when you come into my shop, you get 
you get pampered as a you know I got drinks, cigars, handshakes, and we hang out. And a lot of people when they hear couture or uh, a suit that you're having designed and tailored to fit you, they're thinking it's super expensive, and it's really not. No, no. Depending on your taste and style, oh. it could go up. But well, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, drop this line here. I got three suits for five hundred and fifty bucks. Wow. You get three suits for five fifty. That's amazing. And they, those go all the way up to three for fifteen hundred. So it just depends on the swatch grade that you pick out and what you need, and it's. It's very affordable to look like a million dollars. All right, David, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Selection Garment Company, um, even on IG at Selection Garment Company. Um, you can Google me or sgcokc.com. Um, you can set appointments there. There's all the information you need on my website. So uh, once again, I'm appointment only, so that'd be the easiest way is my website. David, uh, thank you so much for no, jumping on here. Thank you for... Hey, this is an awesome event, and I, I've always told Ben that I wanted to be a part of this somehow, some way, and we we tackled the ideas. Next it, thing you know, I'm in the humidor. It, you know, and, and to show the size of also Garcia's heart, uh, you know, prior when we first met, uh, he actually raffled off our first custom suit at a uh, children's charity mm -hmm. raffle yeah. uh, toy drive that we did at our nice. first location. Yeah. And that's, um, the, the, that's, the, that's the marketing... Those are the marketing dollars I want to spend. You know, you don't see me on, I don't do, I, I invest in people. Connection and, and relationships, yes, it's, it's yes. very important. And if I can raise money for, uh, you know, an operation out here that needs money, yeah, I'll, 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 those costs are on me. I'll you, that's what I want to do. That's how I grow. I grow mentally that way, spiritually that way, and my business grows that way. Oh, great you'll be great me soon, local baby. business to support. Yes, thank Absolutely. you guys. You'll thank be you guys. Me soon. Cheers to you guys. All right, so while we're on the guest run here, it's time to bring in one of your partners. And for a third time tonight, it's a David. And another David. And another David. We like to call him Sweeney. So Sweeney and I just met for the first time tonight. We've known about each other's existence, but we just actually met tonight for the first time. So Sweeney, tell me exactly what you do for La Cultura. Yeah, so uh, I am... Get, get closer. Get, get in there. Yeah, everyone always asks me what I do here. It's, it's a lot of volunteer work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so let's just say the day starts at 4 a.m. with the books. All right. And that's so. So, you know, Sean, if you are here in the morning at 4 a.m., I will be here. Uh, but uh, I am the CFO of uh, La Cultura and uh, never been happier. And I understand that you're also the, the private guy of the group. You, you like it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very quiet. Uh, I mean, until he gets a couple drinks in him. <laughs> and then watch out. We've got a few videos from the cameras recorded. I Not did introduce unleash the Sween pain. I was uh, going to say, that's the only reason why I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> I actually introduced him to Legion tonight. So. Oh, did you really? Yeah. What did you think about that Japanese Kentucky oh, whiskey blend? Absolute fire. I love that so much. Uh, so thank you so much for that. So this is fun to have. This is fun to have Swinney. I said Sweeney as an introductory joke, but it's right. actually Swinney. Last name Swinburne. But uh, so Swinney here, he's my business partner, and we have quite a story of how we even came about. Um, but I, I'm just glad that you're joining us for this session because you're always behind the scenes and you don't get the credit that you deserve all the time. And Not it's kind of what you close. signed up for um, as we made this agreement. So. It's just fun to have you on. I'm glad that you're sitting with us, man. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, you're sitting with absolutely, us. Absolutely, guys. And this is, I wouldn't want it any other way. We have the absolute best team. And yeah. so uh, 
thank you for both of you guys. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic, yeah, and it's just a perfect, perfect relationship. So this, this team is amazing. The facility is amazing, and it's finally good to meet the guy who literally keeps the lights on. He really does. Right. He does write the check for it. But Swinney, Ben told us in our first podcast the story of you approaching him to want to start La Cultura, and you handpicking him over, you know, basically going to all the shops, trying to find the, that guy for you. You picked out Ben. Couldn't have been a better fit for you. But what was it? Take us back before that. What was the if Swinney had hair to lose, I would have made him lose it all. Oh, yeah, it, <laughs> definitely. You haven't hit that back hair off yet. But anyway. I'm working on it. But you're working on it. But what was the impetus for you? What made you want to have your own cigar shop? Yeah, um, so when, when I was, was, was looking at uh, doing uh, attending all the different cigar shops in Kansas City, um, they were all fantastic, right? But I wanted something that had a different vibe. And uh, when, I, when I went around, I found Ben. Uh, at, at a tobacco shop, and I knew that uh, his his personality, the way he treated people, and 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 just his personality was the absolute perfect face for what I wanted to build. Uh, and I and, and and that's why I said, fine, this is it. And sure enough, it was just one lunch meeting, where and and on the flip side, Swinney had the perfect checkbook for what I wanted to build. <laughs> <laughs> Always important. It was basically all Ben's vision anyway, so it was perfect. Uh, but yeah, just one lunch meeting, and sure enough, it was like... No, no the lunch meeting... Yeah, go ahead. The, lo the way the lunch meeting started. So well, I'm working at the previous shop I was uh, a GM for, and, and, and Swinney just walks up, and, and he kind of drops low-key what he wants to do, and I, just, and I felt it out, and I said, hey, man, I, I'm on the clock. I can't talk about this. Here's my personal information. We'll talk outside. He shoots me a text, says, let's do brunch. Two days later, we meet for brunch. I barely know this guy. I've, I've, I've sold him some cigars. He, he asked me to order in some random special orders, like a, a leather Davidoff sheath for a, a lighter that you don't even buy anymore. Like, it's a collectible. I'm like, damn, who is this guy, right? And uh, we, I show up. We go to Char Bar. And I show up. It's like 1030 in the morning. I walk up, Swinney's already sitting there drinking a beer. I walk up and he goes, no icebreaker, just, I want to open a cigar shop. Are you in? And I'm like, well, yes, I am. Hi, how are you? <laughs> there How's was, the beer? There was no greeting, no nothing. He just goes, I want to open a cigar shop. Are you in? <laughs> but, 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 I, but I knew. And that's I when we sat down and we got to business right away. That was April, the end of April. Yeah, end of uh, April. 2018. We incorporated in May. Next thing you know. We December? launched our first location on October. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Whose idea was it to expand and move at the worst possible time in American history? Our old landlord. Well. <laughs> no, let's just be honest. I, it wasn't my idea. Ben just, tells me, ben, ben just says, I want to buy this, and I say, this is how much you have. <laughs> the rest is on Ben. We were presented with a with a, a, a rare opportunity at a very rare time in a pandemic as we were seeing and and it was a gamble there there was a big risk involved in what we did uh but feeling out the social climate we had faith that the economy was bouncing back and that whether it be six months or a year we're going to push through and we're going to do what it takes we're not going to bury our heads in our sand so we're going to take 2020 by the horns and we're going to make it our own and that's what we did and because of swinney's 
deep-rooted faith in me. Sometimes I question why he has this faith in me. Uh, but because of that, we were able to build this this new establishment with uh, with all of our memberships, and we were just able to hit the reset on our business after a year and a half. Not a lot of small businesses are able to do that and yeah. take that risk. And we thank you, because it actually ended up being a necessity because all that was going on, you needed a break, a place to get away, to relax, to just release and do all of that. And this is the perfect place for that. Well, and not to be self-serving, but around that time is when I came on board as well. And I mean, it, I wasn't in a great position professionally. I mean, my company that I was working with had been sold. The new company wasn't the same experience I had. I had worked with Ben. At the same time, they're doing a reset. They were able to bring me on board as well as somebody who could bring some input to it, to bring some new ideas to it. And it's been, it's had its challenges, but it's been absolutely life-saving for me personally. Well, and, and, and life-saving life for us as a company, for what we, this newer endeavor, yeah. it's, it's a much larger operation. Absolutely. There's, there's, it's a lot more multifaceted than it was before. And Staus, I, I brought it up in the first podcast, he is the grease to the machine. I mean, the machine is his nickname, but he is the grease in our joints. He he keeps our memberships flowing. He keeps our he is the backbone to this operation. Absolutely. And and while we're here, let's talk about how they can become a member. And you don't even have to live in Kansas City to appreciate everything La La Cultura does because you do online shipping everywhere. So if they're looking for we a do. cigar to to be closer to what they don't know and learning, they can do so in Massachusetts. They can do so in Montana. They can do so in Texas because what you do online, you don't see a lot of cigar bars do at all. No, there isn't. I mean, it's one of the processes we put into place that when we're bringing a new product in, we're actually putting it on our website. We're actually doing the whole thing. So that that was something that existed before I came on to La Cultura, but it's just part of the process. So we're not. It was unmanageable for me to do it. Uh, it was unmanageable for me to do everything that I was doing. So Staus was able to take the reins on that and really develop the website into what it is now. Uh, even though it's browser-based, it functions like an app. It's so smooth, the pictures, the quality, the, the different uh, landing pages that Staus has been able to put in place. It's nothing that I even had the skill set to do, let alone time. And the home of this podcast as well. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that, that part. <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing how personal it can be it can be online i mean you make the connection with that cigar smoker so you're helping them enrich their knowledge of what they're smoking and what they could be smoking and trying this and, and when you guys ship out stuff you don't just like force anything on them you want them to understand what it is and why they should and and it makes the experience so much more enjoyable you don't feel Again, you, you don't feel like you're being sold anything. Well, and we go from, we've got limited edition products on a, a special page where when you buy a box, you're actually able to get our global exclusive cigar, that Nicaraguan cigar that I turned you on to. You know, we're putting a handwritten note in the box as we're shipping it out. So yes, we do offer the modern day conveniences of being able to buy online, but we're still trying to give that personal touch. And as far as the memberships go, yes, you're able to sign up for the memberships on our website. That's the only way we do it. I mean, even... If there's an issue where you have to replace your card, you're actually doing that online. You don't have to come into the shop to do it. You can do it all there. 
but that $10 membership, as we talked about before, you're able to actually capture that 10% discount that we offer without all the extra fees, without the credit cards, without the shipping that we incur when we're bringing the product in. We eat those costs. We keep the true price, plus you get that 10% off. Our Volato membership, whether you're here in the shop or not, whether you ever set foot in the shop or not, you're still able to save every day. And if you're a committed, loyal member to us, you're gonna make that money back hand over fist every single month. And it's those little touches that are so important because like you said, even if you're not here, you can still enjoy the experience no matter where you are. And it makes you want to come here. Oh, you. absolutely. I mean, we've had guys that have actually ordered from us online and that have since actually come in. And it's, it's a great experience because you're able to all of a sudden, hey, that's that guy that likes those cigars. And hey, these are the ones you order. They're right here on the shelf. And they're able to see the placement around it and what we think is a comparable cigar to that. And just have that next experience already yeah. that you wouldn't I, necessarily have. I mean, to show you how personal the, even even just the online world of cigars is, let alone in the brick and mortar face-to-face -face setting like the environment we have right now. Uh, we had a customer online who's been buying here and there sporadically. He, he's out of Springfield, Missouri. And I'm not gonna give his name because I haven't talked to him or get his permission, but he's also a business owner, a local business owner in Springfield. And just through online cigar sales and a little social media, connections we've built a friendship over the last couple of years and my wife and I just took our three kids down to his condo in Branson I've never met the guy and he offered my family a place to stay on vacation at no charge that is the heart and the pulse of the cigar industry at its finest display absolutely and the connections that you can make in here because again all walks of life come in this room we and want even all if walks you, of life <laughs> Absolutely. And even if you don't know anybody, it just like a fine cigar, the blending is so natural and so pure that it just happens organically in here. So even if your online experience to actually being inside to be a member and coming here and enjoying the atmosphere, it's one of a kind and no one else is offering that. So kudos to you guys Thank for you. what you've built here and the growth that is, is yet to come for you guys. And Give the information again on how they can get on the website and become members and, and, and be a part of what we have here. That is LaCulturaCigars.com, L-A-C-U-L-T-U-R-A, Cigars.com. And that gives us all the links to our Facebook, our Instagram. You can find all of our information there. All right, so um, that is going to do it for us on this episode of Up in Smoke. Uh, it's been an absolute joy once again, and we'll do this again next month. Uh, we've got some drinking and socializing to do. We've got some giveaways to, to be a part of. And, uh, Hell yeah, we do. Yes, enjoy we do. a good rainy Friday evening in Kansas City. So thank you all for uh, listening to Up and Smoke. And if you uh, tell a friend, tell two friends to make sure. Tell all your friends. Get your ass down here. On any streaming platform that you get your, your podcast from, make sure they find out about Up and Smoke and check us out. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Swinney. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys in a month. Be well. Up in smoke. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs>